Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Bald Face Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Oregon and UCLA, 12.30, Austin Stadium, Saturday. Number 10 against number 9, Dan Lanning joining us, uh, Oregon football coach. It's a big game, man. How are you guys doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm stretching out for Saturday, although I, I don't need to be stretched out to write, but it, it's got my adrenaline going. I don't, you know, it's, it, I love that it's an important game. So congrats to you for getting into an important game. Yeah, always always fun to be playing in uh, in good games. This is, why, this is why you coach. This is why you play. This is why you're a fan. You know this, the, these moments. Distraction wise, do you talk to your guys about you know game day and all that stuff and the noise, or is that an ongoing discussion that you've been having all along? Our guys have handled it really well. I think at the end of the day, you just explain to them, hey, none of these people will be here if you don't win. So just keep winning, right? And uh, don't <laughs> yeah. let the distractions. Um, don't let them become more, you know, bigger than the event itself, which is the game. The home field in the Pac-12 has been interesting. I, we've been watching teams all year look like two different programs, home and away. Give us an idea, you know, home versus road. How different is your approach to this game with guys waking up in their own beds, or are you staying in a hotel? Yeah, we, we stay in a hotel before every game, um, regardless of, of home or away. But obviously – the big, the big piece is where do you practice your crowd noise at practice, right? Are you doing it um, on the defensive side of the ball? Or are you doing it on the offensive side of the ball or both? And we've done a good amount of that on, on both sides. Our, our fans in this stadium and this environment, they've got an opportunity to make this place, you know, extremely dynamic. And, uh, you know, especially just start – everybody's going to have to start early on this Saturday, right? we got to get up and ready to go for game day and then carry it all the way through the game. But that environment, I think, could be something that's a real advantage for us. Yeah, I, I, we have uh, seen it over the years in games like this, just be ear-splitting and alive, nobody's sitting down. Dan Landing is with us, Oregon coach. We, you know, often we'll hear teams say, hey, we got to take care of what we do, don't focus so much on the other, the opponent, but there's a balance there as you're scouting and watching film. How much do you talk about staying true to your identity with, with your own team? Yeah, I mean, I think we all want to know our opponent well and uh, do a good job there, but also understand they watch film too, and they just came off a bye week. So they're certainly going to have some wrinkles, uh, some things that they do differently, and, and we have to do what we do, you know, better. And uh, there's a lot of pieces this game is going to come down to, you know, a lot of situations that we have to execute at a high level. Um, but, but ultimately the focus for us this year when we played our best is when the focus has been on us. You want the ball to start the game? You want to go on defense? Does it not matter? I'll take the ball as many times as you'll give it to us, right? I'd love to have it at the beginning of the game, the middle of the game, the end of the game, right? Um, yeah. So as often as we can touch the ball, the better. Um, that doesn't always mean that that's the approach we take to start the game from a defer kick standpoint. So uh, we'll see. Coach, uh, you know, you, you take a head coaching job. You probably It's probably a whirlwind at the beginning. Now you've settled into the rhythm of a season. How are you feeling with – kind of the pace that you have going and and you know how do you sort of keep yourself balanced amid the craziness 
Yeah, um, it's a hard it's a hard job. It carries you know a lot of weight, but there's a lot of people that have tough jobs, right? Um, I think our bye week hit at the right time. I think it allowed all of our coaches and players to kind of hit the refresh button. Um, it also allowed us to go do some recruiting that was you know much needed and necessary for us during that window. But I'm extremely fortunate to be sitting in the seat, and there's a million people that would love to sit here, and I welcome the stress. You know, that's part of it's part of the job. It's part of what you carry, but I. I don't ever feel like I'm really going to work. I enjoy what I do. I uh, I turned the TV on the other night. My eight-year-old and six-year-old were there, and I said, oh, Ghostbusters is on, and I put it on. You know what I forgot? I forgot that that's a pretty damn scary movie at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> you ever have that so experience? Son, yeah. No, there's some of those you forget about. I don't know if you remember the movie Dark Crystal. It's a real throwback, right? <laughs> okay. Um, but my, my middle son, Niles, I guess there's a Netflix series now, and he's kind of into the Dark Crystal. So he's been beg- begging me to get an episode of Dark Crystal in with him. I guess it's on Netflix. So at some point I'm going to take a, take a glance at that with him. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. That's like 1982, man. That's you know, I was like 12 years old when that came out. Uh, it, yeah, and... I was negative four at the time. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but I have seen it. I had seen it. And I, that's why I was shocked when he brought it up. But I guess there's a new you know, new adaption of, uh, or some sort um, about that. So excited to put my eyes on it. Defensively, uh, what, it, what kind of growth have you seen since week one? Like if you go back and say, okay, here's where we were in week one, here's where we are now, what do you see different with your defense? We certainly tackled better. Um, I wouldn't say all the time, but at times we certainly tackled better. I think we have a better understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. And I think there's still a lot of moments for growth. You know, there's a lot of opportunities for us to continue to get better. Um, you know, we have good players. we got to continue to put them in good situations to be, you know, effective and, and uh, do their role. But one thing that makes this conference fun is you're going to play against great offenses every week and you got to come out there and perform, you know, every single week. So looking for continued growth, this, this game will certainly be a challenge. UCLA is really good on offense, um, and they have a quarterback that's really talented. So we got to do a good job of keeping them contained and, uh, you know, making sure we make great decisions. I know that we learn something about your team every time it plays. Like, you know, we're not there at practice all the time. Do you find Mm -hmm. that you learn more in practices, learn more in games? Where does, like, the light go on for you when you see kind of growth in your team? You know, yeah, for for sure, every single day in practice is is a big learning event for us. You know, I think one of the hardest things to do is within a game, you might recognize something that you need to learn from, but when can you get that information to your players and, and make sure you learn for, from it before the game's over. You know, that's a benefit of practice is you get to blow the whistle, stop and go correct something and get it fixed. Um, that's hard to do at times during the game. So we want to be a team that learns from both, um, and I think we have this year. And when we're, we're our best, we can learn, you know, within a game and, and make sure we can adapt and uh, overcome some mistakes that we can make. Bo Nix uh, just continues, I think. We've watched him get more and more comfortable using his feet more. Is that intentional? Is that something you guys are talking to him about, or is that just stuff is presenting itself and he's taking advantage? We're intentionally telling Bo to play really well, and he's doing a good job of that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's always been athletic. When I was going against Bo um, before, when he was playing for Amherst, I'm in Georgia. You know, Bo's always been a really athletic quarterback, and I think what Bo's done a good job of is knowing, hey, when something's there that I can move with my feet, that's a great opportunity. That's a great play for us, you know, within a game. And when people have to defend us knowing that he can take off and run, that makes it a, a definite challenge uh, to the other team. What do you see when you look at UCLA on film? Yeah, they're a dynamic team. I think they, they do a good job of, uh, you know, they, they can create, you know, high anxiety for the, uh, the opposing team because they can take a play that seems so simple 
um, and it turns into an explosive play. They do a great job of breaking tackles. They do a, a great job of getting the ball in space to playmakers and letting those guys make plays. Um, so we, you know, you, you have to settle down, take a deep breath, and re- hit the reset button every once in a while when you play these guys. Yeah, and I watch Dorian Thompson Robinson. I see a guy who is making fewer and fewer mistakes and can hurt you a number of ways defensively. How do you attack a guy like that? Well, you you have to you know take your take your time and not feel like you have to win the game every single play, right? Um, you have to be balanced under under your attack and understand that he can beat you with both his arm and his legs. So. Don't try to take away one thing and then at the end of the day be disappointed because he was able to attack you in another way. So, um, you know, be patient. Uh, at times you get an opportunity to pitch to him and throw something different at him. You want to be able to do that. But understand you're playing with a guy that's been in the system for a long time and understands it really well. Do you sleep well the night before a game? It just depends. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah, not usually, I guess, would be the, the right answer. <laughs> yeah. I just think adrenaline-wise, like, you know, for a guy like you, especially how you're wired, you know, with the juice and all that, and it, it just would feel like, you know, you can't wait to get to kickoff, but you need a good night of sleep. Maybe it's the night before the night before that matters more, you know, like maybe tonight. Tonight's the night you need a good night of sleep. Let's do it. I'm in. You know? I'm in. I'm all about it. I, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll give it a shot tomorrow, too. Right. Um, no, I just it, – football's exciting, right? It's, it's hard to sleep when you're excited, so – uh, I get pretty amped up. I get pretty excited for, for the game. And uh, certainly I want to get a great, great night uh, asleep every night, but that doesn't always happen. And uh, adapt and overcome, right? Yeah. Your parents uh, got a chance to go on the road and see you guys play a little bit. I think they were, were they in Tucson maybe a couple weeks they went out on the road. What, yeah. you know, was, it, was that? Did you get any time with them, or are you so busy coaching you hardly get to see them? No, I got to uh, I got to catch them for a few minutes there on Saturday. We played a little bit later in the day, so after some of our morning stuff, I got to catch them and, and say, "Hey." What's that like to have your parents in the in the crowd, like you know, there with you? Or is that is that do you get over that after you've played and they've you've coached in, at Georgia and other places? Yeah, my uh, I've, I've been very fortunate to have really supportive parents. They've been supportive for a long time. You know, when I was. When I was a high school kid, I don't know if my dad ever missed a football game. And uh, now that I'm on the other side of the country, it's a little bit harder. He doesn't he doesn't get to make every one of them, but I know he gets to watch them all. So uh, it's always fun to have great support, and I've been fortunate to have great support in my family. All right. Dan Lanning, uh, wish you the best. Go get it, and uh, I will see you at the stadium. All right. See you there. Thanks, John. All right. There's Dan Lanning, Oregon football coach. Immediate response, immediate reaction to that. Steven, what do you hear there? Yeah, I like that, uh, you know, he talks about just being ready, but at the same time, like, <laughs> you said, hey, let's get some sleep tonight. Yeah, let's do it. Like, he's ready yeah. to go at all moments of the uh, all the time. And I think, you know, he always has said the right things. As long as he's been the Oregon coach, he's said really good things. But, like, you see the realness in him sometimes when he talks about that. Like, yeah, like, he, I'm just ready to go. I love coaching. I love being a part of the team. So, you know, it makes me just more excited uh, for the game. Like, it just makes the big game feel even bigger than it actually is. It's hard to have that interview because this this is a big game. I, I felt him a little tight in that interview, that he wasn't as loose as maybe he was, obviously, on media day and maybe some other times we've had him on the show, but we're also getting him on Thursday at 4.15 with a huge game on Saturday. So he he sounds to me like he's already kind of locked into game mode. And in other interviews, maybe he's been a little less. I thought the the uh, 
the part of the interview where he was most comfortable was when he was talking about the movie The Dark Crystal and his son and all that. You know, it was like everything away from football. But even when it came to Autzen Stadium, he seen and you know, and here's the other thing, like I'm thinking about his home games. The games that Oregon has played this season at home, they haven't played an opponent like this. I don't think Dan Lanning knows what Autzen Stadium's like on a game day when the crowd is fully engaged. I think it's going to be really eye-opening to him as well. Um, I wondered, you know, I don't necessarily think him being a little tight in the interview is means that, you know, he's nervous. I think it is more of a reflection of him being locked into kind of game mode, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, go back to the atmosphere. We talked about atmospheres uh, earlier in the week. And, like, you know, I mentioned the, the USC game on Halloween when Oregon played them. Uh, you know, th- that atmosphere is great. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like, Laney probably hasn't seen Autzen Stadium at that type of atmosphere with game day being there. Um, yeah, and, you know, to go on with being tight, I agree with you. I don't know that he – I don't know if he's tight, but I think it's just, you know, he's been, you know, working so hard to get to this moment. Uh, to play U- UCLA, he's been studying – you know he's been studying tape, figuring out the game plan. And it's one of those things where you hear athletes talk about, you know, when they're on the field or on the court – like, they can relax finally. It's all the buildup up to the game. It's the nerves before the game. But as soon as the game tips off or, you know, kicks off, that's when they get at their best and relaxing. And I think that's kind of what Dan Lanning comes across to me as. is just like, you know, he gets nervous before the game, but as soon as it starts, he's ready to go. I think, you know, older coaches have often said that they get, the, they get a great night of sleep the night before the game because they feel like, hey, I've done everything I can to prepare. But other people, you know, Mario Cristobal confessed, like, he barely slept the night before a game because he was so locked into what haven't I done or the adrenaline of the game and whatnot. I think it's a really interesting question. I think Chip Kelly, he is uh, high. I thought it was interesting, too, that UCLA is flying in so late on Friday night. They're, you're not getting to into Eugene until 5.30 or 6 p.m. Mm. Like, I think there's logic in it. Like, everything Chip Kelly does is strategic. But I think he is really interested in spending the least amount of time on the ground knowing that, hey, we're just here to sleep and then wake up and play a football game. And other coaches like to get in early, get acclimated, look around, have the downtime of the hotel. I think it's a really interesting approach that UCLA and Chip Kelly are taking, getting in so late. I'm going to ask around the conference here during the commercial break and find out what is customary. Hey, John, because, real quick, do you think yeah. uh, do you think Dan Lanning, the, the tightness has to do also with the last big-time game they played was Georgia and they got yes. absolutely abolished? Yes, could could be. I think some of it is just where we're getting him, right? We're getting this is probably the last interview he's doing before he is fully into game mode. So what are we at? We're at four thirty now mm-hmm. on Thursday. So he has, you know, less than forty eight hours until he kicks off that football game. And, you know, so I think, you know, he's looking he's looking at, hey, by tomorrow at this time, it's gonna be, hey, we're just having some meetings and then we're gonna sleep and we're gonna wake up and play. So, you know, whatever he says, you know, breakfast and scrambled eggs and kick butt or whatever his, his comment was that they should be putting on a T-shirt. Uh, but I think he probably in the back of his mind, yeah. Like, for him, the first impression that he made in that Georgia game in week one, it wasn't a great first impression. Everybody knew it. There was really a letdown. And so here comes his second chance to make a first impression. It's game day. You know, this it's a, it's a great angle. You know, pay attention. Let's see how they perform. I, I got Oregon winning this game, and 
you know, I think I think they win it. I think they cover the spread. I think the home field's too much to overcome. I think they're the most balanced team in the conference. I don't think any of these teams in the conference is perfect. I don't think any of these teams in the conference, frankly, would win a playoff game. But I think uh, we're going to find out who gets to Vegas, and I think the winner on Saturday has got the inside track for sure. Leave it here. Back to the bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Anna pointed out to me that I talked to two Oregon coaches today. I talked to Chip Kelly earlier in the day. Uh, Chip called and wanted to talk about the house that he built, uh, literally the house that he built in Eugene. Um, he also was in game mode. So, you know, Dan Lanning came on just a few minutes ago. Anna, you heard the interview. I, I think he was locked in. I, I, I don't want to use the word tight. I think he was locked in because I think he's in game mode. I like it. I like it that he's in game mode. And, you know, he doesn't want to give up too much, too. Like, as you're talking to him about the strategy around Bo Nix, like, are you talking to him about moving his feet and different things? Like, if I'm Dan Lanning, no, I, want to say nothing. I want to be very, like, as tight-lipped as I can in an interview two days before the game, but still engaging enough so that I'm granting you the interview. Like, that makes sense, no? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, like, I thought about Jonathan Smith, who came on yesterday. Jonathan Smith yesterday, I asked him point blank who was going to start at quarterback, and he kind of had to give that up. <laughs> it was the first time that he had publicly uh, confirmed that Ben Grobenson will play at quarterback. You know damn well Colorado saw that. Jake Dickert, the Washington State coach, told me last week, okay? So I talked to Smith last week on Wednesday. He said Grobenson was going to start. Dickert said within a minute somebody forwarded him my – tweet about Gobernson starting that's how locked in all these coaches are it's somebody's job at every program to monitor what is being said what is being written and get it to the head coach yeah yeah so I think Dan Lan I think you're right Dan Lanning playing a little tight to the vest so I'm asking him about movies and stuff he don't <laughs> want to talk about it and that's okay like so having spoken to both coaches today one older, experienced, one younger, yeah. still experienced, but, you know, obviously a lot younger. What do you, like, what do you make of that? What, what are the takeaways for you? Like, it's so easy to compare since you spoke with both uh, of them. Chip Kelly's been in a whole bunch of these games. Yeah. He sounded a little calmer. Mm-hmm. He, but he's been in a bunch of these games. You know, the big, you know, he's been on this stage. He's been on bigger stages in the NFL and whatnot. I think that's a little bit to his demeanor. But he still was all business because I tried to steer Chip into like a variety of conversations that I wanted to go talk about. <laughs> right. And he steered it back to Dorian Thompson Robinson. And he was most comfortable when he was talking to me. Like I asked him about Marcus Mariota and Darren Thomas and Jeremiah Masoli and Darren and uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I said, you know, as a learner, who is he most like? And he said, they're all different. Some of them are aud auditory. Some of them are visual learners some of them have to do it to learn it some of them don't like he he enjoyed talking about that but and then i asked him about oregon and he said that's a good football team that's all he would say that's a good football team because he knows damn well i'm gonna write it if he's like you know what we noticed that when they get into you know 12 personnel yeah, yeah. He's on the right hash that. he's not gonna say that their tendency is you know here's the other thing 
Both of these guys have had two weeks. They both had a bye week last Uh week. Is it an advantage to Chip Kelly being more experienced that he had an extra week? Mm -hmm. Or is it an advantage to Dan Lanning that he has an extra week to prepare for Chip Kelly? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because where Oregon used to kill people with Chip Kelly is when they would be on kind of a tight turnaround. Yeah. You know, or they had the extra week and the opponent didn't. Oh, mm-hmm. it was they murdered people mm-hmm. on those. Like they're, you know, they're snapping the ball when you're not ready, kind of killing you. So, it, with your experience of talking to head coaches, like literally within this time frame, a couple days before a big game, when coaches feel tight, is that is there any correlation between tightness, looseness, and success? Because on, in one sense, you want coaches locked in, and it's like all business. We're just here to do the job. You know, I'm here to do the job, and so are the players. We're going to play for each other, whatever. Or do you find that coaches that have a re- more relaxed attitude going into the game and are a little more loose and free, like, you know, is that more of a recipe for success? I have found no correlation that I can draw. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to look for that. Yeah. But what I gathered from you know, Lanning's interview today and maybe even my talk with Chip Kelly today or Jonathan Smith yesterday uh, was that Lanning, what he really wanted to impart on our listeners was how important the atmosphere at Autzen Stadium was to them. Hmm. He made he was very intentional. I think listeners probably caught it in talking about the noise and how they're going to need the noise and how that is a factor. So I think he is telling you if you're a duck fan when you're going to be in the stadium hey we need you on your feet and we need you engaged and he said get going early i don't think he was in i don't think he was talking about you waking up early okay (laughs) i think he was saying it's okay to have a mimosa at your tailgate (laughs) because you'll bring some of that energy into the stadium you know we need you hyped fans yeah because i do think it would be a bigger advantage for oregon if this game was at like five or six o'clock when fans had had a good long tailgate (laughs) Instead of some scrambled eggs, you know, on the way into the stadium. So, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I've heard coaches that were super loose. Their team comes in, doesn't play well, they get criticized for it. Right. So, I've had other coaches. Eye off the ball. Super tight. And yeah. then we say, oh, the coach is too tight, you know. <laughs> so, I, I think it really depends. And, and I think, obviously, the bigger thing is with the players. You know, do they come in? Are they relaxed? Are they... You know, in in the big thing, like you know, Lanning got off the interview, and he and I don't think he'd mind me sharing this. He shot me a text. He he thanked thank thanked us for the interview, and he said this would be a great game to win. <laughs> you know, and and you know what my my response to that is, I don't think Oregon needs to do anything you know extraordinary to win this game. Mm-hmm. I I keep thinking last week I watched Utah do this at home against USC. Did Utah do anything mind-blowing in beating USC 43-42? No. They just stayed true to kind of their principles on offense and defense, and Cam Rising made good plays, and, you know, they they couldn't be stopped in the second half. I actually think Oregon, if Oregon just comes in and plays a good game, doesn't even have to play a great game. I think if Oregon plays good, I think Oregon wins this game. They're at home, and I think – I think one of the, the things that teams that, you know, watch, you know, we used to see this in Super Bowls all the time. Teams would go into a Super Bowl, they just get boat raced. Yeah. A bunch of blowouts. Yeah. I think it was because there was two weeks of buildup for the game. Everybody was sitting around by themselves going, I have to do this, I have to do, and I have to do more than I normally do. Yeah. 
it's you you put yourself in a position to fail when you do that. And so, you know, I think one of the things, one of the reminders that I think I have heard good coaches over and over say is like, look, we just need to take care of us. We don't, you don't have to go out. Like Bo Nix doesn't have to go out and throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns for Oregon to win. Right. He just needs to make, he just needs to be Bo Nix, mm-hmm. you know, and Chris Hudson needs to be Chris Hudson. And, you know, Bucky Irving needs to be Bucky Irving and Noah Sewell needs to be Noah Sewell. And I think, you know, the same goes over at Oregon State. Like, they are playing Colorado. Like, you know, it's not a college game day atmosphere at Reeser Stadium, but it's an important game for Oregon State. What does Oregon State need to do? They just need to be themselves. That's a reminder for all of us. Like, we wake up. Do you ever wake up and go, I have to be extraordinary today? Oh, isn't that every day? <laughs> do I have to? You know, as a mom, you have to get these kids off to school. As a dad, I'm like, oh, as you a know, mom, my bar yeah. is so much lower than extraordinary. <laughs> I just try to make it through the day, keep the kids alive, yeah. fed, clothed. That's it. That's your bar. <laughs> yeah, real low, real low. At the end it's of the lower day, lower every day. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're like, they're alive. Win. I'll take the win. Take win, it. Win the day. <laughs> <laughs> Made it another day. I love that. But, uh, like, Stephen, do you, do you like, the show starts, do you say, hey, i got to be extraordinary today, or what do you do? Um, I mean, I don't think I consciously say it to myself, but, you know, I do have a high standard for myself. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm an idiot. So uh, I just prepare myself before. I'm like Dan Lanning. I prepare all week, prepare all day, and then when the show comes, I'm ready to go. There you go. Get the juices going. I like it, Dan Lanning. I said to him, hey, you know, I think tonight is the night you need a good night of sleep. He's like, let's go. I thought he was telling me, like, I need to come over to his house and have a sleepover or something, have a sleeping bag or you something. Were chall- you were challenging him. <laughs> you know? That's how competitive he is. You challenge him to have a good night's sleep. Fine, I will. All right, let's go. You know what? I'm going to text him at about 1230 in the morning and be like, are you asleep? No, don't do that. You might wake him. I don't know what his policy is when it comes to his phone and text messages. Are you sleeping now? Yeah, don't wake him. Are you still asleep? (laughs) You know, Give him all the advantages he can have. I got a friend who texts me. He's an early riser. Texts me at like 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, what are you doing? No. What are you doing to me? Don't do that. Don't text me there. So does he, I, I didn't catch the part. Like, I think it's interesting that the whole football team goes and sleeps in a hotel, like yeah. not in their own beds with, you know, distractions the, the night before the game. Did he say that he does that too? I, yeah, I'm sure he stays with a team. Okay. Yeah. Is that normal? I don't know these A lot things. of teams do that. But sometimes I wonder because there's a shortage of hotels. Yeah. But you know what we've seen teams do? What? Washington State used to do this with Mike Leach. Uh, see, there's very few hotels like in Pullman uh-huh. that can accommodate – a hundred people right right yeah. with that kind of size yeah so what leach would do is he would grab the hotels that are nearest to pullman uh-huh. for his own team yeah and then he would leave you driving in from like 35 miles so away the visiting team would have to yes. piecemeal or, or they would be at a severe disadvantage big disadvantage portland state uh, ran into that predicament a few years ago, Bruce Barnum shared his angst with us yeah. about that. But I was wondering with Eugene, like how many places do they actually have where there could be a team? And so when UCLA comes in, is right. UCLA staying in Salem? Like, you know, like yeah. where are they staying? Yeah. I need to talk to the football operations people. Things to know. Yeah. So, things. yeah, it's just, I, I mean, I maybe because I'm writing, you know, I'm writing a column off the game. Maybe I need to go stay in a hotel the night before and get my head right. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
Get locked in. Why aren't in. you doing that? That's I'm going to leave. Why are you, why are you subjecting why? yourself to all these familial distractions? Yeah. Go. Instead, Go. I wake up. Yes. Six-year-old and the eight-year-old are playing Legos. <laughs> They're arguing with each other. You know, the dog's yapping at me. It's a relief for you to get out the door and onto I-5. How do they expect me to write these sentences? <laughs> how, should I, how do I cobble together some yeah. words? I told. I, I said I was stretching out to Dan Lanning. I don't think he was amused by that. As I was stretching out for the game. You know, he was like, okay, next question. <laughs> you know? Moving on. Moving on. All right, leave it here. You got the bald-faced truth. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.